right. I don't know what word that was. Morning. Oh, well, Happy New Year. If you skipped last week, we forgive you. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Except for Sanders, he doesn't forgive you. Uh, we're going we're gonna to begin uh, a study on Revelation next Sunday, uh, but I shared with you. Uh, today, I kind of want to have a little interlude moment just as a reminder. You know, we see that throughout Scripture from time to time, like, hey, just want to make sure we're going this way with things, you know, because it's easy, it's easy to get caught up in, in little good things sometimes, little things, but we end up running off in a tangent sometimes and, and keeping the, the main thing the main thing and keeping things simple and, and how we grow and how we move and, uh, and what we need to be doing as Christians and believers, right? So we're going to uh, have a little prequel today uh, for, for our study of Revelation just to as a reminder of some things. So let's open with prayer, and then we will uh, get going. God, I thank you again for this morning, Lord, and thank you for your word, Father. And as we kind of reflect on culture right now and what the world is trying to sell us, God, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, it might be packaged a little differently, but uh, there's nothing new under the sun, Lord. Um, Satan's always trying to trick us and trip us up, and uh, he loves to sell us ourselves a whole lot. And it's easy to get focused on ourselves, God. And so as we dig through this, Lord, as we, as we get into Scripture, Father, just teach us your truth. Uh, show us your way, God. And then, and then through the Spirit, through our surrender, uh, help us to be obedient, God. Uh, thank you um, for doing all of that. Thank you for providing that, that direction and that way. And thank you for your word, Lord. And we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going we're gonna to talk about self-care today because it's not a new thing in our culture, but it is one that just continues to grow and be pushed. And the, one of the struggles with it is there's a lot of, of good in it, right? I mean, there's a lot of biblical principles in, in this whole idea of self-care and take care of you and you got to have your me time, right? Um, there's one of the uh, Medea movies and and somebody spouts that to her, and it's like, me time? Did I have me time when you were born? And, you know, she's going, all this stuff is pretty funny. Um, but, uh, but there is this whole idea of kind of this inner self thing. And, again, it's not new. It's not new, right? Uh, I, think, I think as we go from nation to nation and culture to culture, again, I think it gets packaged different. It looks a little different. Uh, but it's, it's the same. It's, it's this idea of self. And this, I can save myself, or the answers are within me, you know, or, or something along those lines. And so I just want to talk about, just for a minute, what it looks like from the world perspective, because you might have fallen victim to some of these things. It's easy to do. I think maybe all of us have at some point or another. And so I, I want to make sure we give some clarity to what this might look like. So, uh, for instance, eating right. Like, what? Like, hold on. Uh, that's a good thing, right? Well, it can be, but it can also be a worldly thing. Right? We can obsess about that. It can become an idol. Uh, uh, sleep, you know, just, hey, I got to get eight hours a, a night and, and, uh, or exercising. It's from the devil. I'll just go ahead and tell you that one is. Uh, <laughs> don't do it. It's evil, right? And we all know like those three things right there. I mean, those are, those are kind of things in our life that just generally happen from time to time, even if we're not intentionally exercising. We're moving and we're, we're doing things. We're working. And they're, and they're beneficial, right? They're healthy. But like anything, man, Satan can, can twist and contort and, and end up using uh, this for his agenda. And I was just kind of being reflective over like commercial ads and like just 
like promotional thing. And honestly, I was, I was looking because a lot of things will target a certain audience. And I know this particular thing, it doesn't mean that it doesn't impact everyone on some level, but man, they went after working moms. Like there, there was just a big push uh, to, to uh, impact the working mothers that are out there. Um, and I just thought that was interesting as I was kind of reflecting and looking into some of this stuff. Uh, because let's just be honest, raising kids, working, or anything that we do, it can bring a lot of stress, right? Um, I was talking to somebody this week, and I don't know, something we joke about, and like, hey, this would be easy if people weren't involved. Well, there's people involved in everything, right? And people are messy. I'm messy. You're messy. Uh, we all know that. But it, it can bring some stress uh, into our life. And so we look for ways to de-stress, right? And we want to we wanna let go of it. And sometimes it can really build some anxiety and different things like that. And so uh, this movement kind of ends up looking for a way to self-heal or to be stable or to have peace or hope from some hidden place deep within you. And that's really the end game. And, and it gets disguised really well, and it, it gets hidden in there. But it, it's really kind of this self-seeking, uh, self-serving thing. A healthier you, you know, the, the working out more and becoming obsessed with, with body image and things like that, or reducing stress, or getting organized, or prioritizing a schedule, or just relaxing, or practicing mindfulness. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself right. You know, and again, there's good things in here, right? There's these little nuggets of like, hey, this isn't bad, but it can quickly become bad when it's about me. And it can happen real fast. The world is stressful. Let's just be real about it. There's, there's sometimes it's little stresses, but sometimes they're big, man. And just the weight of it. You know, I'm, I remember uh, sharing uh, a while back uh, when there was a lot of political unrest during elections and stuff. And man, if you just drown yourself in the news, oh my gracious sakes, you know? And, and there's a lot of that, more than just political stuff. And, and so the world can be really stressful. And so how, how do I need to, to reduce my stress? And then there's stress from, from relationship, right? Man, if you've been married, you know, right? There's times where, whoo, spouses, it, there's just a lot of stress in the home and you're struggling and you can't seem to to get it right, and if they would just do, and you fill in the blank, everything would be better, right? And then the other spouse is saying the exact same thing. If they would just do <sighs> conflicts at work, right? It's just that boss or that employee or that kid in my class or just something, you know, there's just something there and, and causing all this stress for me and, or chronic pain or disease, man. You know, people really struggle when the, the body begins to break down and fail or Habitual sin that no one knows about in your life. We do in the darkness and nobody sees and it just weighs on us because we can't, we, we, we try to like not do it and then it just happens and like we feel guilty and shame and then we put on the mask when we leave the, leave the house and, and we are hiding and we're not letting anybody know and there's just this struggle. And so what does the world say to all that? And uh, I was kind of laughing, like one of the things I, I thought about, so in my house, one of the things we do uh, not, not to reduce stress, I don't think. It's just something fun. Uh, my boys like to blow bubbles. And so we got one of those like uh, big, you can do the little rope thing and make the huge bubbles. You know, and bubbles are fascinating, right? And you just, oh, you can kind of look at them. So you can just go blow bubbles, right? And, and stare at bubbles and see all the little different colors in there and kind of lose yourself in that. And that was kind of a little silly one. But I, like, I thought, hey, we do that sometimes. And, and you can go for a hike. You can go plant flowers or a garden. You can feed animals, birds. You can like video them and stuff and then just like reflect on the animal and 
and uh, all these things and just watch them. You can go listen to music. You can turn to alcohol or drugs. You can do, you can do a lot of things in your life to reduce stress. And the world is full of ideas. I know this is a few examples. I'm, I'm sure there's hundreds of things that you can do that the world would say, hey, you know, here's some ways you can do this to, to reduce stress in your life. And all, as far as I can tell, all I can see is, is diversion, is what it's really, really accomplishing. It's the idea of sweeping something under the rug just for a little while and not really dealing with it. And I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I don't see where God says, you know what, just, just set this to the side and don't think about it. I think He encourages us to engage it with Him, right? And so the world is promoting this idea of diversion, of just get your mind off of it, take the stress away, and its medication is distraction, not redemption. It's distraction. I mean, just think about it for a minute, just all the things that, that we pour ourselves into sometimes to create distraction for ourselves. So I don't have to think about, again, just fill in the blank. And we end up practicing forgetfulness instead of pursuing forgiveness over some things. And it might even silence your fear for a while, but it never really covers up sin that we carry around with us. And it even creates moments of peace and happiness, right? I mean, I've been there. Like just these, you know, oh, just let the day kind of trickle away because I'm sitting in front of the ocean just staring at the waves. It's awesome, you know. Or I've been to mountaintops. And I'm sitting there looking out, I was like, oh, you know, it's just this nice moment. Wait a minute, Jeff, are you saying this stuff's bad? Nope, hang in there. But we're looking for an escape. Our flesh is looking for an escape. It doesn't want to yield to the Spirit. It just wants you to forget about it for just a little while. And then your flesh never wants you to really process through what's really going on, which is your, yourself, your flesh, like it. It's itself, and it doesn't want you to attack it. It doesn't want you to do anything about it. It wants to just hide there until it needs to surface again. And so it never really brings healing. It never really shows love between relationships, which is what God tells us time and time again to fight for, right? So the world says practice mindfulness, or as I see it, mindlessness, like just this distraction to get your mind off it. You can pour yourselves into things. I, I love coffee. Uh, and uh, I know people that just know so much about coffee, it blows my mind. And I'm not condemning them and they're sinning, but I, that's what we do, right? We obsess over something and we become masters of it and, and I know everything and I have to have this and this and this. And uh, there's some of that that I'm thankful for because then I can just not have to do all that and I can just say, hey, what's a good cup of coffee? Hey, try this. Okay, good. But we can pour ourselves into a hobby Right, and it can just our life can just become about this. You can drown yourself in media entertainment. I mean, just think about: it. Have you ever just binged watch TV? I mean, just for hours and hours, episode after episode, because they get their claws in you, and you're like, "I gotta see what's next." <laughs> Maybe you're watching Yellowstone or something that's popular right now, and it's just like, "Oh, I can't wait till the next one." And we pour ourselves into these things. You might. You might find a cause to pour yourself into to some type of, of good thing, you know, like, a, um, I don't know, I was thinking like a soup kitchen or something or anything, whatever. And it's this good thing so you can feel good about yourself for a second. You're out there serving people, right? 
and we're doing all these things, and, and deep down inside, if we're honest, it's self-gratification, right? And, and it's, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm, I'm going to pour myself into someone else, which is a biblical concept, being others-focused. But I want to come back to the truth in that. Or get you a pet, right? Pets are fun. We turn them into human beings a lot. And uh, you can pour yourself into some animals. Animals are a lot easier to love than people, man. <laughs> right? Like, I don't care what I've done to Zoe. When I walk in the door, she runs up to me, and then she figures out I'm not Shay. And then she runs over to Shay because she can't see her here anymore. So she just sniffs and like, oh, that's the wrong leg. And she goes and finds Shay. And if Shay's not there, and if I just walked in the door, she just sits at the door and mopes until Shay comes home, all right? But I know deep down she still loves me because she comes and licks my face every now and then. But you can do that. You can pour yourself into all those things. And maybe for a little while it makes you forget about the financial crisis you're in or the marriage struggles or the family struggles or the family member or yourself that's battling cancer or the sin you did last night. We escape, right? And we practice worldly self-care. Congratulations. But it's always an empty road. It's always dead end. It all comes back. It surfaces, doesn't it? It just hides for a minute, and then it's right there, and we never dealt with it. We never allowed God to deal with it. The closest we get to this, I think, uh, to a godly version is, is the big things. You know, I got a, I was in the office this morning, and I just, like, I walked out of my office, and I thought, oh, the sun ought to be rising. And sure enough, I ran the corner, man, it was just gorgeous. The orange that first appeared in the sky, I mean, it was incredible, right? Or, or the sitting at the beach and then seeing the ocean and just looking out. I remember, like, we were on that cruise ship, and I'm, we were standing on the balcony. I'm just looking around. I was like, there's no land. This is just insane, right? Or on a mountaintop or staring into space and just trying to like think about that for a second or any of that large, just looming stuff. I mean, we were around a tree this summer that my entire family holding hands, we couldn't put our hands around, our arms around it. And it's just like, wow. And it kind of puts you in, in your place for a second. But I also think it kind of just pushes us um, to forget about ourselves again. So that's kind of the, the world's picture of that. And I know, again, there's so much more there and details and the way it manifests itself. And, and maybe for your life, it looks a little different. But it's always there. It's always in our face to choose you. Every time. Whatever issues are going on, choose you. You get in a fight with someone at church, choose you. It's time to do something financial behind the scenes, choose yourself. Put yourself ahead. Is it time to... I don't know what. I can't think of any more examples. <laughs> but you know what I'm getting at. Like our flesh just is like, choose, choose you. Put yourself first. Promote self. Find the answers within yourself. And God is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> He's the extreme opposite of that. And when we turn to God's version, man, there's this endless depth of grace. We were talking about grace this morning, Sunday school, a little bit. And I'm like, man, whew, that word. It truly is this endless depth of grace. And if we're drawing from that place, our habits, a lot of the things we've already talked about, if they're coming from that place, they're world changers. They're game changers. They're not bad things. But they have to be kept in perspective. Right? I mean, we think back to the, just think about the Pharisees for a minute in the Bible. 
They were enemies of Jesus. They knew the Bible better than anyone in here. Let it sink in, right? Let it sink in. Enemies. Because they took something that God had given them for good, and they turned it into something else to control and to have power and all these things. The Scriptures, right? So nothing is immune to this. The, the, Satan is always going to try to attack us. Our flesh is longing for it. So we need to take a healthy look at God's version of this. And it is it day in, day out, the weekly habits of seeking God through Scripture and prayer. We could just end right there. I'm not because I'm a preacher. I'm going to keep talking. But that's it. The daily habits of seeking God in His Word and getting to know Him, not, not to puff out your chest so you can win all the debates, to get to know God so it changes your behavior. And prayer and talking to Him, this daily surrender of your dreams and your anxieties, right? It's not just your dreams or your... It's both. It's both. It's the living for myself and all the worry. I need to give it all to God, and it's really a daily thing because it surfaces all the time. It just keeps coming up. And we got to embrace this daily thought, and I hope it was one of your takeaways from all of last year, that my life is here to glorify God and to make His name known, to make His name famous. I just want you to think about that for a second. If you just could process the last 36 hours or 72 hours, was it about that? Because that's why you're here, and that's why you're made to glorify God and to make His name known and famous. That's why you're here. All right? So, uh, so when we do this, I, I truly believe, believe we begin to experience real joy and peace, fulfillment, things that last in our life. They're not just a, a temporary thing. And it honestly takes us down the road that brings us to freedom from sin. When we're shifting our focus and when it becomes about Him, the things I'm doing, and I'm going to give you some examples of that some, from some things we already used to show how we worship the world a little bit and worship ourselves. How, how if you shift them, how they can be about the Lord. Uh, David Mathis wrote this, Grace is too strong to leave us passive, too potent to, leave us, to, leave a, to let us wallow in the mire of our sins and weakness. Uh, Jesus says in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And it's this grace that God gives us, means of grace for our ongoing perseverance and growth and joy this side of the coming new creation with heaven, right? And the grace of God inspires and empowers the various habits and practices by which we avail ourselves of God's means. That just, just means that we, we get His help. We're beneficiaries. We're taking advantage of what God has given us and using it like He intended it. So, the world's crazy. There is a lot of stress. There is a lot of stuff. So, so what do we do, right? So where do we go? Uh, where does the weary soul find rest? Matthew 11, 28-30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Where do we go for the anxious soul that, that is uneasy and has fears? Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Notice it didn't just say, hey, sinner, don't be anxious about anything, and then cuts it off. No. God gives us the answer, right? So if I am anxious, if I'm experiencing that, and I know I'm not supposed to be as a follower, what do I do with it? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in who? In Christ Jesus. Where do we find strength when we're battling sin or overcoming weakness or, or trying to run this difficult race into eternity? Philippians 2, 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So when God is the object of our small habits, it changes everything. It changes everything. Listen to music, watch a sunset, play with your pet. Okay, they're great. But be mindful of God and how great he is and the good things he's done in your life. I mean, it is a game changer to begin to practice gratitude and not just like when we're about to eat a big meal in November. It's a game changer to when you see something and it's like, oh, man, thank you, God. Thank you for that. That's awesome. It's amazing. And it starts off, if you've never done this, it starts off with the big things because you catch it, you know, when big things go on. But then, man, the more your eyes are opened up, you see it in all the little small things. God is so good to us. He's so good to us. It's great to enjoy a particular moment or activity, but we got to have that focus on something bigger than ourselves, Because if not, it's going to end up leading to you. And the Bible is very clear about what we're supposed to do with us. We're supposed to nail the flesh to the cross. Every day, that's what it says. Pick up your cross. Die to yourself. Pick up your cross. Let's go. Right? It's coming to the end of myself. And I have to be, I have to have my focus on him. Almost any habit or activity can be a means of joy or peace or healing, but truly in those things is only if it's bringing us to God, if we're drawing close to God, because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. He's our treasure. He's what we should be after and pursuing. So blow your bubbles. Go sit on the porch and get one of those big string things. It's really amazing. I mean, they're huge. It's crazy. It's pretty neat. I don't care if you're an adult. It's fun. You just laugh. But while you're doing it, Remember that your sins have been forgiven, right? Like be in the moment and like just, man, God's so good. And like just have those thoughts. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you're out there blowing bubbles and just confessing to God and, and crying out to God. That's awesome. You know, what a great moment. Plant a flower. They're pretty. Or a garden. Veggies taste good, some of them. And pray while you're out there. Talk to God about Him being your satisfaction. Like, what really satisfies you? Psalms 90, 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. 
Hum a tune, sing a song, and memorize another stunning promise in the Bible. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. By all means, feed the birds and the squirrels and watch it, or deer, it's kind of fun, or whatever. Animals are amazing. They're amazing. God created them. But while you're doing it, remember how He provides for the animals and who you are in Him. Matthew 6, 25-34, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But, here we go, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The power of effective habits is, is not in the seclusion or the silence or the grandeur or journaling, but it's in who the habit is for. It's, it's in who our focus is on. And if it's on ourself, if it's on self-improvement or self-gratification or all these things, then our weaknesses and our failures and our stresses, I think they're just going to be amplified and perpetuated. But if we can surrender each day and lock in on God and find our resources in Him, He is going to address our deepest, most desperate needs day in, day out. It's going to increase our faith it's going to increase our boldness in what we're doing because we're going to grow in our knowledge of Him. And we're going to mature. And, and the things in our life are going to be about Him and not ourself. I want to end, uh, there's uh, two passages of Scripture, and I kinda, I'm going to tie them together here a little bit. And I, I love, love, love this Scripture. It's uh, 2 Peter uh, 1. I'm going I'm to be reading th 1 through 15, but I'm going to pause after verse 7 here in just a minute. But it's Peter's writing this, um, uh, passage here, and he's, he's sharing how to be effective. And it's so good. It's so good. And so we're just going to talk about it for just a second, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. That's always big to me, because Peter's saying, hey, we have this equal standing in faith. Why do we have it? Because you're not Peter, and I'm not Peter. But he says, with ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? It comes from Him. It's not something you did or Peter did or I did. It comes from Him, right? So there's this, there's this equality in, in the body because of that. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. Again, here we go back to it. It's not just may grace and peace be multiplied to you, but it's in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So he's given you what you need, all right? 
through the knowledge, here we go again, of knowing him, of him who called us to his own glory. So there we go with purpose, right? Here's why we're here. It's to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So we get to be heirs. We get all the promises because of this, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this reason, because of all that stuff, you make every effort to supplement your faith. So let's talk about that faith. I believe in God. I believe in His Son. I believe the Scriptures. Faith, right? That's my belief. And I want my faith to grow and increase. Well, He's going to tell you how to do that. So add to your faith virtue. And virtue is just this uh, kind of a, a view as this habit, um, this habitual capacity of a person to respond freely to do what Jesus wants them to do. Okay? So even though there's freedom and you, you right, we all get choices every day and everything, I, because I believe in God, now I'm going to choose to do this the way Jesus wants me to do it. Freely, I'm choosing that, right? Um, so that's virtue. And so... Uh, onto, uh, and virtue with knowledge, right? We just want to know God more deeply. Uh, we want to get to know Him through His Word. And then knowledge, self-control. We don't want to talk about that one. Uh, but it's this denial of the flesh. And notice it didn't start off with self-control, did it? Because who's tried that mess? I'm just going to stop doing this. Good for you. It doesn't work very often. Usually we circle back around to something, Right? Because we found the things we were talking about, we answered it the world's way before, a lot of us, and it really never went away. It's just lurking under the, under the cover, under the rug, and then it rears its ugly head again someday. It was never dealt with. We were never healed. We were never restored. We were never, because we're not just dependent on God for those things. So as we grow in our knowledge, we learn to deny the flesh. So there's self-control involved here, and then self-control with steadfastness, which is just this to firmly be fixed and not subject to change. So we're faithful, man. We're, we're going we're gonna to walk the road. We're going to be firm and determined to be loyal and faithful to Jesus and to our steadfastness with godliness. And that's just like, I'm going to reflect God. I'm going to reflect His nature and who I am and what I'm doing, right? We're His image bearers. So we're going to do that as, as we grow in these things. We're going to reflect God more and more. And to godliness with brotherly affection. All right, church, I'm about to step on your toes. The Bible says you'll know you're my disciples by what? By how much trash you picked up in the church parking lot. By pressure washing the building. I looked at John, and I remember we did that one time. By cleaning windows. By teaching a Sunday school class. By attending church. By putting your financial gift in the offering twice on Mission Sunday, you're a hero, Christian. I'm not trying to make light of all that stuff, but sometimes, Christians, that's what we hang our hat on. And that's not biblical. Did you hear that? The way you're, they're going to know is how we love who? Each other. How we love one another. So we're supposed to, on top of godliness, increase with brotherly affection. And it's, it's, it's kind of the, the, a love and affection we have to the nearest of kin, those dear to our heart, this community of fellow believers that goes beyond mere duty. It's not just, oh, God, 
I got to love my mother-in-law. She's in my church. It's a struggle sometimes. I got to do it. She's in my church. But it goes beyond that. Leviticus 19.18 and Mark 12.31 say, Love thy neighbor as thyself, right? And so it's this, this unfeigned, pure heart love that is unconditional, and it's this hand of friendship, and I'm, I'm there for you, and I, I, I got your back, and I love you even if I'm not loved back. I love you through quarrels and conflict and difficult things. I love you, and I'm going to look out for what's best for you. That's brotherly affection. Now look, I've been here for eight years, and if you've not made anybody mad in this church, you've just not been here long enough, all right? I've made people mad. People have made me mad. How do we work through those conflicts? Do we love each other like that? Like Jesus is calling to? Or do we hide in the pew? Do we put on the mask? Do we just save, save face with someone? Or are we radical in our love for one another? This is not easy. That's why it's at the end of the list, I think. It's not easy to love each other. We're difficult people. But that is what we're called to. And that's what Jesus said is going to be the example to them is that you love one another. And then brotherly affection with love. Wait a minute, we just covered that. Nuh-uh. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things, Love never ends. That is just what is going to be coming out of us to everyone when we're building this. Okay, It's this ladder and there's all these steps and it says add to this one this and add to this one this and add to this one this. And as you do these things, here's what it says is going to happen. You ready? For if these qualities are yours and are, are, are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the more you do them, the more you're going to get to know Jesus, right? We're, we're in his word and we're learning about him, but the more we act out how he would act out, you're going to learn to understand him deeper because you're doing the things he did. And you're his image bearer. I mean, we're God's image bearer. We're Christ's ambassadors. Like oh, there's all these things in scripture to talk about this. And the more we fulfill that, the more we're going to understand and know them. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. So before you go amen in this, it might just be talking to you. You might be the blind person that doesn't even realize it. You know, we talked about David a lot. And I'm going to come back to that time and time again because David had a healthy assessment of his heart. And do you want to know why he had a healthy assessment? Because he actually asked God for help with that. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to put yourself out there and say, God, I need you to show me how I'm not loving the people at Cross Plains or I'm not loving my spouse or my kids or this coworker. I need you to help me. I need to see what's not of you. And then I need your help to remove it. Nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sin. So it's this, again, it's this idea of the Pharisees, like the more knowledge, it's like, again, we hit on that. I thought the Sunday school lesson was awesome, TJ, because it hit on a lot of stuff. We get puffed up and it's like, we know it all now. Oh, I've been in church all my life, bow down. I can answer all the Bible bowl questions and I have all the answers for your life and I can fix you. Ah, 
And we become a Pharisee just like that. We never even saw it. They were blind and they were nearsighted and they were whitewashed tombs, Jesus called them. Because in here, wasn't surrendered. It was all a mask. Don't be a Pharisee. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way will be richly provided for you an inheritance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in the body, to stir you up. Remember we talked about Hebrews. How do we stir each other up to love and good deeds? To stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. He's going to die. As our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Do you hear that? It's not about Peter, brothers and sisters. It's not. You don't need Jesus to tell you that you're going to die. We're headed there. Our bodies are deteriorating and failing, and we're going, and no one's promised tomorrow, and anything can happen any day. Are we living in such a way to bring glory to God and leave behind the legacy that we may be able to recall it at any time then that, that our life points to Him? That we bring glory in how we live. I know this is big stuff, but that's why Peter breaks it down in this small thing. Hey, you believe you're here. You got faith. Okay, well, let's add to it some virtue. Like, let's examine that in our life. How, how are we living that out? And then, and then add to that and then add to that. And, and go through the process and the journey that's described in Scripture. It's amazing. And you will grow and your faith will increase. And you will be productive. You're not going to fall. You're going to be effective in the kingdom of God. And you're going to see kingdom stuff. There's going to be kingdom fruit going on in your life. That's His desire for you. What are you going to choose? Let's pray. God, thank You uh, for Your Word, Lord. And again, I, you know, it's so... It's so easy to dismiss some of it because nobody has this all right and when we're not perfect, God, and you know that, and that's why Jesus came and and God, but because of you loving us first, God, I pray our response is surrender. Because that's where it begins every single time. It's the surrender of my flesh, the surrender of myself. And the and the heart to take up the banner of Christ, the mission of the church to go impact this world, to love my brothers and sisters in a radical way because you've changed me. I don't deserve to be here any more than they do. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea either. So to love each other through that, God, and to show this world who you are. Help Cross Plains to do that this year. Help me to do that this year. Day in, day out, week after week, God, help 2023 be different for us. I pray as we reflect back that, that we can honestly say that we were, we were your image bearers in a kingdom way. God, that we saw your kingdom increase in our life. We saw the impact that you were making. And when we boast, it is in Jesus, not in anything that we've done. Help us to take the first step, God, of surrender if we're not doing it already. Thank you for sending Jesus Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us that we have help 
every single step of the way if we would only just turn and cry out to you. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing our closing song. And man, the question's always on the table. Who's it going to be? You or him? That's it.